language is powerful, not because in and of itself it, it is healing. It's it's one component, but it it help language that accurately represents what we're going for. It's our left brain into our right brain experience, I think. That's the point of the metaphor, as we have reshaped it, if you will, and applied it to our lives is it is very human and it is very messy and it is very fast and chaotic at times and very rhythmic and grounded at others and you do the best that you can with the wisdom that you have you grow you do better you make mistakes that's just reality and it's not all bad How do I prioritize this decision or this week or this moment or whatever it is? And I think the word picture of, was it a glass ball? Is it a rubber ball? We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain. And I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. So on today's episode, we want to spend some time having a conversation about a concept that um, Jenna actually introduced to me a couple years ago, and I just have loved it. Um, It comes from a concept introduced by um, Brian Dyson, the president and CEO of Coca-Cola. He gave a commencement speech at Georgia Tech um, where he talked about the difference between glass and rubber balls um, as we prioritize life, work, balance, and it's Mm -hmm. a conversation we've touched on a little bit um, on the podcast before, but coming at it from a different angle, we just wanted to spend some time with this really, really cool word picture that I think... um, he introduced that has been helpful, I think, for us um, yeah. as we pursue that. Well, and there's a few things going on here, right? Um, we're actually probably, as I'm sitting here, we're going to talk about a few concepts that are meaningful for us, but we want to use um, Brian's words as a kind of jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, how we've experienced these concepts and the intersection of them in the pandemic and in, um, Mm -hmm. in in the life that we all find ourselves in, whatever variety of that uh, you, you, the audience may find itself in. So uh, I'm going to read the quote real quick because I thought it was good. This is just a piece of his commencement speech. Imagine life as a game in which you are juggling some five balls in the air. You name them, work, family, health, friends, and spirit. And you're keeping all of these in the air. You will soon understand that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. But the other four balls, family, health, friends, and spirit are made of glass. If you drop one of these, they will be irrevocably scuffed, marked, nicked, damaged, or even shattered. They will never be the same. You must understand that and strive for balance in your life. So I love this word picture that Dyson starts to create uh, to help us navigate the tension between these different arenas and worlds and priorities in our life. And 
you know, some of the conversations you and I have had as of late, Kimberly, actually, I don't know if it pushes against it, maybe a little bit pushes against it and a little bit expands it. Because one, you and I are just not a fan of the word balance. Mm -hmm. We think it's sort of a myth. So I would push on learning to juggle these balls gives you balance. You and I are pretty passionate about leaning into what we would call counterbalance. Uh, because that's a little bit more rooted in reality. And then the other thing that you and I have talked a lot about in the last few months and weeks is there's probably more than two different types of balls. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dyson has kind of limited it to rubber and glass, you and I in the stress of the pandemic and just the season of life that we find ourselves in both professionally and personally have started to add types of balls to the juggling mix. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, I've talked about counterbalance and some of those conceptual ideas in the article that introduced this concept to us, um, even kind of starts touching on that. Like how do we even engage with this word balance because that feels difficulty and they introduce this idea of flexibility you know kind of work-life flexibility and so I think yes it's an ongoing dialogue that I think really um, has been pushed by the pandemic for personally for for you and I but I know that we've talked to Mm -hmm. a lot of other business owners, um, friends, yeah. parents, a lot all of the arenas colleagues. of of our life, we've we've talked to others, and I think it's put pressure on prioritization in a very disorienting context, and so it has really been a very pressed conversation. I think, um, though in the best of times, I think one that comes up a lot. And so, um, but I think a helpful, I think, you know, I've talked a lot about decision fatigue and it's just sometimes like, Mm -hmm. how do I prioritize this decision or this week or this moment or whatever it is? And I think the word picture of, well, is it a glass ball? Is it a rubber ball? Mm -hmm. You and I've come up with some other ideas on Mm -hmm. other types of even like offer those to the listeners. Yeah, the size of them, the shape of them, what they're made of, and I think it's it's helpful. You know. Um, Yeah, and I do agree that the frat there are some, at least for me, that are particularly fragile. Like I have lived through. Like my health is a glass ball. It has not shattered, but it's gotten pretty beat up and it, it won't ever be the same. Mm-hmm. Like it will never be the same. And I've had to grieve that. And I, I, I think there were some things that were out of my control and, and I, I've done work around that um, in my own, you know, protective mental health journey. But I think that there, I, I, stress was definitely a contributor to that. I can look back at the timeline and go, well, it didn't help. Oh, sure. And some of the health things that I went through were, you know, all the factors when they push you to cross that threshold, there's, you just can't come back from it. You know, I now deal with a, a chronic lifelong condition and there are seasons I've dealt with it really well and seasons I haven't dealt with it so well. Um, 
but it it is a pretty damaged glass ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think the word picture fits. But you and I have added some, and and I, I get this other word picture in my head, so I'm imagining us juggling, which I don't know if you can juggle. I can't juggle. I so this is definitely <laughs> in a world that is not in reality, but in our metaphorical juggling critters. <laughs> Um, I'm, I get this, I get this image of, of myself juggling and what juggling in a pandemic has felt like for me is like, I have these, I have all these balls I'm juggling and keeping in the air and they actually have more mediums than just glass and rubber. And there's also a game of dodgeball happening around me and I am getting pummeled and trying not to actually drop my balls while people or the world or the cosmos or whatever people want to name it is throwing massive kickballs at me and I'm, I'm getting bumped and I just, I just can't imagine juggling well under those conditions. And so, you know, there was a part of this last, you know, 12 plus months that I sat back and was like, Oh, I will be dropping balls. It is really, it is about in the quickness of how things are moving and shifting each month in this experience. Can I, can I keep my focus on the balls that cannot afford to be dropped? And can I make choices quick enough? Cause again, it does, it feels like a dodgeball game. It's just like flying at me. And can I make choices quick enough about the ones that can be dropped? And then when can I pick them back up again? That is what it's felt like for me. Specifically for me, it's been the latter half of this last 12 plus months that's been hard. The first part of the pandemic, I, in my privilege and circumstances, was was not the worst. It's, it's the latter half that's beat me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, to really have a contextual, realistic metaphor um, we have to realize it, it's all the things that we are juggling, but we're also in context with other people. And then this has been a very pressured context in which not everyone has responded well to. And I think about leadership and specifically with that role that you and I play, um, mm-hmm. The ways in which other balls have been handed to us, whether it was appropriate for us to have that in the mix or not, or it was someone else wanting to give us theirs, but those yeah. were not rubber or glass. They were actually very large and they were aimed at us and our heads and like they knocked over some things. And I think. Um, so yours weren't just dodgeballs is what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know, Yours felt like cannonballs is what yeah, it sounds like. It just, yeah, it, it, it made contact, you know, whether I tried to move out of the way or not. And I think that's where it's. And if you try to move out of the way, it could have made you drop your balls. Right. Like even the attempt to do that. You know, and the, the quickness of the decisions to go, okay, so this is coming at me and. I'm not going to drop the glass balls, but I probably dropped more rubber ones than i would have had to, wanted to, um, at times because it was just like, I'm going to get pummeled or (laughs) like, I don't think my glass balls took massive hits in the pandemic. I can think, you know, I, I offered the story that like uh, one of my glass balls at least got damaged a handful of years ago, but I can't, I don't think I could walk away and say that my glass balls didn't get damaged at all. Mm -hmm. Like they got, 
it's almost like I started to drop them and then maybe my foot caught it so it didn't hit the ground as hard mm-hmm. and then I picked it back up really quickly. Like mm-hmm. my, my glass balls got a lo- got got impacted. Mm-hmm. Um but in an effort to try to keep them off the ground. I think I dropped every other ball at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to pick some of them up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I think, again, because we're trying to make it more nuanced and complex, I think what, what's coming up is the reality that we're not living in isolation and we affect each other and we're all living in families and communities and context. And I think that's where the decisions can could could be so pressured because what what my glass balls mm-hmm. are and what they mean to me and my efforts to protect them even when they didn't get scratched or cracked or um, broken or damaged, you know, I may be hyper focused on trying to catch it with my foot before it shatters while someone's mm-hmm. trying to throw me something, and I think just we don't talk through those things. Well, you know, I think about, I mean, you and I do because we, we have these word pictures and we, we do value communication. Um, but I think sometimes other folks just start tossing and it's like, Hey, hold on. Like, let's talk. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, you and I, you and I have actually used the language with each other either in projects where we share responsibility or work together, which we do that in several arenas have said, I am about to drop this ball. I believe it is rubber or we've used Play-Doh or a stress ball, like foam. Like it's one of those. So I don't think it's going to shatter, but it'll impact you if I drop it. And I just want to let you know. So we we've had that type of conversation. Or if and we then, but- don't, what would happen is the ball, you know, you, you Jenna say, Oh gosh, this ball's about to drop. I'm not going to say anything about it. Let me just try to toss it to Kimberly. But if I don't know it's coming or I didn't know it's going to get dropped, like it, mm-hmm. it creates this other relational work, personal dynamic that I think can be avoided, even though it's not, it's not, we don't love having to go, Hey, this ball's getting dropped. I don't, I don't like that. Um, I do think there's a lot of, I don't know, like good grounded reality. And I think perspective and relational health and counterbalance health to, Hey, this is what's happening. It's going to affect you. I just need to let you know. (laughs) Again, I don't think it's a glass ball, but I think what it does is it infuses health because if you're having to drop balls, there's probably things going on, right? Because you're, trying to protect the glass balls that which yeah. means the rubber ones are going to have to fall we're we're not living in isolation i drop rubber balls even if they're rubber it has an impact on other people around me and the ability to take ownership and responsibility just to say i wish it weren't the case but i have to do this to protect the glass ones it's a very helpful conversation i think to love other people around us well too Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm curious on your thoughts with like, why, <laughs> I think I know the answers, but like, it's just, it's not okay to drop balls. Like it's not, it's mm. not okay to protect the glass one. Sometimes it's not, 
we're supposed to, yeah. I don't know. There's some, there's some systemic stuff there that I'm curious what your thoughts would be. Well, I've got several thoughts as to where you're going and it, but there's just a lot there. Um, we're going to talk about ring theory in an upcoming episode. I think, I think you're getting into ring theory. The fact that like, we're all in this and and who can you toss a ball to if you need to ask for help and who doesn't have it to give. And so I'll allude to that and then save it maybe. Um, but yeah, you were talking about the relational dynamic when balls get dropped. And first of all, if, if they just drop, it probably impacts somebody else. Um, just at a very basic level, but then also if you're dropping it, or if you try to hurl it unexpectedly. And I will tell you, I mean, tell me if you disagree, Kimberly, like you and I had some close calls this last six months where we probably just barely got in the relational conversation and that was not at no fault of each other, but things were moving so fast Mm -hmm. at certain points in these different levels of crises that, I mean, we were having to be extremely intentional to include that as life was just playing out at 100 miles an hour in both of our lives, total, totally, mostly separate, non-shared experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think I'm going to back it up. So I think both in personal relationships and in professional settings, as we're talking about both, I'm going to go back to some of these principles that we hear Brene Brown talking about all the time, that if people live in a context or a culture or in a relationship where you're not allowed to make a mistake, you are more likely to try to hide it or avoid that conversation. And it ends up making a bigger mess or you're not, or that, or if you don't live in a safe enough or work in a safe enough context and mistakes are not okay, the learning process is not okay. Generally speaking, then it shuts down creativity, which in this context was really needed to problem solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what strikes me. Yeah. And I think it it's just, it gets into, yeah, the value of, of vulnerability and ownership and all those things. And that I think sometimes when you think about um, even the myths of work-life balance and some of the things that um, I think, get pushed on, especially in the health, uh, self-care health space that sound really good for sound bites, but in real life don't play out well. And I think then people feel shame and go, well, um, but when it's available and when we can, when we can lean into vulnerability and when we can lean into ownership and just reality of here's where it is and here's what's happening. Um, there's just a humanness there. There's a flexibility there, yeah. which I think feeds into the metaphor of, of the rubber ball idea. I like we're not promised that they'll all bounce or they'll bounce perfectly, but I, I think it does help. You know, I think it can help. I, I agree. And I think as we're talking and, and I, I really am like using, I think mostly what, how Brene describes it, which I appreciate is about like, you need to have a safe context to make mistakes. Some of what we're talking about would be the result of a mistake. And what's coming up for me as we dialogue is that some of the negative consequences or outcomes that you and I are referring to as we reflect on our last 12 or so months have nothing to do with making a mistake. 
it's just bad things that happened and they had consequences. And if we didn't feel safe for those things to exist in the space, we would have avoided communicating about it. And I'm, and I'm just thinking, okay, if people don't, if they don't exist in a safe relationship or space or context, this is not even about mistakes, but because the concept that mistakes aren't okay, we, we are like spiraling into a whole new level of dysfunction that like you're supposed to prevent bad things from happening, essentially. Mm-hmm. How in the world? Mm-hmm. And I think it's those systemic um, uh, rules, lack of health, beliefs, whether conscious or unconscious, that I very much experience as I'm trying to conceptually work through where are the glass, where's the rubber ball, like where, what's happening, um, what's happening in my personal and work context and all that. And you've got other people going, there's no excuse. We keep going. And that's where the, the, the game of dodgeball started to show up. And it was just kind of like, and some of them were just hurled in absolute, I think, shame of the other people and their yeah. inability to where, where it was like, no, you, you don't grace is up or you don't have, um, you have more control than you say that you do or, um, what yep. you're not allowed to be human or this is your fault or, you know, um, and again, all, all day long, I can say, well, it's, it's about their, their rules or their lack of health or their negative beliefs or their misattributions to, to me. But when someone's hurling their misattributions at you while you try to juggle uh, your own stuff, it's just exhausting. And I think it was just so loud and evident this last, you know, 12, 15 months to me that like, oh, systemically we are, we're struggling <laughs> to do this whole thing well. Um, cause I'm, you know, having my own experiences of shame going like, oh, this is, I mean, one rubber ball dropping. Okay. 10. I don't know. And then like, whoa, what's flying at my face right now? Okay, someone's uh, someone else's yeah. expectations and shame, like, because I'm not allowed or I shouldn't or whatever it is. Um, it just, golly, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Um, and I think it is, it's a harder, I mean, you and I talk about a lot of things and I'm like, it's kind of the harder more work intensive concept to engage, but what it brings about is some order. Cause I do think it would be easy just to just, you know, always say like, you know, what do they say? Ignorance is bliss or like lack of awareness feels <laughs> peaceful, but uh, cause it, it is a very exhausting to think, go, okay, where are all the rubber balls and where are the glass balls and how are they doing? And we're checking in and, you know, it brings a lot of decision fatigue. When you're, you're starting to go into the concept of boundaries, Mm-hmm. because I, and I, in this moment, I'm lacking for a firm example, not that I would share it on the air, but I'd have to think through it. I don't, it depends what it is, but in a moment between you and I, where it's like, Hey, I'm about to drop this. I need you to pick it up. And where you have permission to go, I really want to, and I can't. And for us to be able to sit in that space with each other and go, okay, this is going to drop. And not really feeling like it was a rubber ball, 
that it was a little bit of, it wasn't a glass ball, but it wasn't a rubber ball and it's not going to bounce right back up and where we can put it back into the spin of things again. And, and where you and I could both be in this space and have nothing but compassion and patience and understanding for that, that circumstance and both parties choice to let that ball drop. There was no blame shifting. There was no resentment that we just went, it is, it is going to happen. And to have that level of safety was really powerful for us. Again, this, this last year, this last six months. Um, And it brought about the conversation where we started discussing there were other types of balls other than rubber and glass. Yeah. I mean, leave it to us to be like, I don't know. We need more. I need more metaphor. need more nuance. Um, as I find most things. And we kind of had fun with it. Yeah, we did. I think- we, had, we kind of got the giggles about it at some point, even though it felt like it was all happening in the middle of a crisis. <laughs> yeah, because a few of them were like, you know, they're like the the material of the ball essentially becomes the metaphor, right? And so a couple of them, it was like, it's a little bit like Play-Doh. Like it just blats and like, could we reform it? Probably. Like we could reform it, but like it doesn't bounce. We can reform it. Yeah, it's been, it's been uh, reshaped because of the drop. The other thing about Play-Doh is like that, that one wasn't going to bounce back up. So I was going to have to bend over to pick it up while I'm juggling the other balls, like the recovery of that ball was going to be harder than if it was a rubber ball. Um, We also talked about like, maybe like a somewhere between rubber and a Play-Doh ball would be like a foam, kind of like a stress ball Mm -hmm. where it would not lose its form, not quite as much damage and reforming needed as the Play-Doh ball, but it was, it, it, I still had to lean down and pick it up. (laughs) Right. you know, and this idea of having to lean down and pick up something that you've dropped, that became part of the imagery for us because that requires more effort to recover. Mm -hmm. That requires, that requires something of us in the future. And so as these things are playing out, allowing that to be a part of the reality. So rubber balls just didn't cut it um, because these things were not as precious as the glass balls in our life. And they were not going to bounce back. And we knew that. Yeah. They weren't going to die. They were going to shatter, but they were not going to bounce back. Right. Absolutely. And I think even the, the, because everything's in movement, in process, in life, and life's still going. Do I bend over and pick it up and reform the Play-Doh or pick up the stress ball or whatever it is that didn't quite bounce? Or does it just stay there for a while and then I will bend down at a unknown time or a known time later? So even the timing on, yep, that fell. It's not going to bounce back up into the movement of juggling again. I'm going to have to bend over. Do I do that now? That may allow other balls to drop. But, you know, I even. Yeah, I've, I've got to get to a place of stability to bend over and pick these up. Yeah. Or I will drop a glass ball. And then I think some of them were too. It may, they may have been rubber. They may have been another substance. Foam. Play-Doh. And I intentionally chose to take it out of the juggling rotation. Like it, before it dropped. I just went. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I let it go to the side. And so I think sometimes even the mm-hmm. dropping is sometimes a, oh, okay, that dropped. What kind of ball is it? Where do I leave it? Do I pick it up? Um, and then sometimes it's like, no, I'm going to let it drop. I can see it coming around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the, the juggling metaphor is hard because I don't juggle, so I don't know the technique. But like I'm thinking it's coming around. Okay, I can either catch it again to get it back in the rotation or I'm just going to go, whoop, okay, off to the left and I will come back later. Well, you're almost bringing up a new piece to the word picture that I don't know if we've previously discussed, but you're talking about can I be quick enough to actually set this down with care? And not drop it, but not continue to juggle it. And I I do think there's some decisions that we've made in the last six months that have looked like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been hard. Those, Those have been hard decisions. I don't know. Do you think those are harder? Because I'm thinking like dropping a ball kind of feels like an accident. Like, I'm trying so hard. But like, this is like choosing to no longer... Yeah, if we're not effort in that place. If we're not allowed to drop balls, we're definitely not allowed to intentionally lay one down or even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking that that might feel more culturally taboo. Oh, yes. If we want to talk about. (laughs) Like, I can't make a decision to take care of myself. Yeah. Especially because it, it, we, I know, we know, we just talked about it. It affects other people and other experiences or rhythms or it, whatever it might be. I, you know, but, and those people might have said, I wanted to keep it in the juggling rotation, but I'm thinking I couldn't, I can't. I know. And it's really hard. So we're going to go back to boundaries. If you want to choose to set it down. Let's say it's a ball that you and I share. Let's say we're doing like team juggling because that's a real thing if we're going to use this metaphor, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is like team juggling. <laughs> um, that's a thing. I mean, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I need to set it down and it's not the one you wanted to set down. Yeah. That's got relational dynamics. Yeah. And I think those are... Those are complex and difficult, which again, I think everything in our life is happening within the context of many relationships. And so I think that's where. Oh yeah. Lest, lest it sound like we're simplifying that it's just a you and me relationship on all the examples. Yeah. but I've... You and I are a team with each other juggling act in several different arenas. So we share a lot of balls and then you and I team juggle with our spouses. We team juggle with our families. Mm-hmm. We team juggle with our other colleagues. I mean, it's we're very talented jugglers. I'm impressed with us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking this feels a little Cirque du Soleil and like, I want to go see this. I'm impressed. with us all of a sudden. I'm impressed. Um, yes. And I think again, naming Talking, communicating, um, whether it's I can see it coming or, oh, my gosh, it's happened. I think talking about it and being able to hold space for I need to drop this. You need to drop this. Are they in conflict? Are they not? That's that's a harder it's a harder thing to do. And again, safety of the context, ability to be vulnerable ability to own our feelings because I think I know we have and it's important to say hey I have 
to let this one drop or I have dropped this one. It's not the one that you would want. Or I think, you know, let me check in. And to be able to hold space for the other one to say, oh, I'm in a different place and here are my feelings about that one getting dropped. I'm feeling disappointed or sad or grieved or frustrated or angry while also being able to go, I totally understand you and why you needed to put it to the side or drop it or bounce it or whatever it is. Those things existing in the same juggling act, I think. Um, if you want you want a metaphor for health and counterbalance, I think that's that's a part of it is... I can have my own differentiated experience from you and say, I'm really bummed. I, I wanted to keep that one in the juggle. <laughs> like I wanted to keep it going. She could not because it would have affected yeah. other glass balls for her. That makes me very sad yeah. because, and, and I'm having to shift. And so that's like new and I'm processing that. Well, also proud of you for going name in my need and valuing my glass balls and, you know, like holding those two things in tension. Yeah, I think that, I think you're taking the conversation to an important place, even though you're not trying to impose your needs, wants, and desires on me. So you're honoring the fact that I need to set this down or drop this ball or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that you don't share with me what that's like for you. Right. And I think that's the other side to some relational dynamics is this idea that in order to be supportive of you, I'm supposed to act like I agree or I'm supposed to act like it doesn't impact me or I'm not supposed to share my negative feelings about that, that, that you and I can't handle both sides of this. And you know, I, I, we don't have a romantic relationship, but I think, you know, intimacy exists between friends and colleagues and things like that too. You have deeper intimacy and knownness and connection when you can do both sides of that equation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's been, I, I mean, I, I have felt like you and I, and I can name some other relationships in my life where they have grown in this context that I would never wish on myself, never wish on anybody else. I would do not want to repeat this experience. And yet I can sit back and go, well, if we were going to have to go through it, I do think our relationship has grown because of it. I can say that in a lot of areas, not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's given relational growth and health and goodness to, because you and I are in the conversation, so our relationship, but also I've experienced it in others as well. Um, so yeah, there's relational growth and that personal growth, right? Just the ability to conceptualize, understand, walk through something, um, you know, know that you can drop something and be okay and be okay with your people. Um, learn to do that better with your people. <laughs> like it's, we're better for it as individuals and then together. And so, yeah, I think for sure it's not just 
a metaphor for how to be more productive and um, or more uh, spiritually formed because my glass balls never get affected or, you know, cause I think it could lead to a place of pride where it's like, Oh, look at, look at how I'm juggling all the, the thing. I think in this disaster of a year, I think to be able to look at the things that have bounced, the things that have cracked, the things that are still sitting on the side, um, to be able to walk away and go, but a relationship has grown. Mm-hmm. Glass balls may be harmed, cracked, scuffed, messed up a little, but I don't think completely shattered. No. Feels pretty Mm-mm. feels pretty good. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think um but yeah, the relational context though, because we are group juggling which again i want to see that show because it's so messy and complex but beautiful when you watch it sometimes yeah yeah i i don't know if the metaphor and the word picture would have grown for me outside of this type of an extreme experience And I say that because I'm in a immediate season in the timing that we find ourselves in where I am taking inventory of both the things I am grieving the loss of and the things that I am, I am thankful for learning. Like I will, I will, I don't know if I'll ever move through any level of stressful seasons the same way after this. And I don't, I hope, I hope I don't have to live through something like this again on the same level, but even lighter levels of stress where it gets pretty chaotic or busy in a season. I just don't think I'll move through it the same way. I'll be thinking about the ball metaphor and letting, and letting it help me prioritize and manage and cope and all the words. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's my hope and prayer that not that I want to repeat this, but to again walk away with gratitude, the wisdom of the metaphor, um, the ability to know that we can make it through, that things can be okay, that relationships can grow. Like it gives a lot of hope. Um, hope and, and ticks, you know, the, the wisdom of the metaphor too, I think is kind of what you're describing. Um, may we walk away wiser. Um, humble to know that as much control as we think we have I think if this year hasn't taught us that it's pretty nil to know um but we are empowered to prioritize as we need to and do what we need to and the shame of others or shame of systems or rules that are just toxic those don't even have to be in the juggling mix um I think I've probably gotten better at dodgeball, like for sure, um, at being able to go, well, let's just move our juggling act over here. Someone wants to throw their dodge over here. Like, I'm just going to move. Um, that's mm-hmm. about their juggling act. 
and I don't, I don't have to take that on. Um, I'm not saying I've arrived at that place. It's still very hard, but. You and I are pretty, pretty steadily traveling there. Mm-hmm. And allowed to be human in our journey. Allowed to be imperfect. Allowed to be messy in our own learning process. Well, and I think that's the, that's the point of the metaphor as we have reshaped it, if you will, and applied it to our lives is it is very human and it is very messy and it is very fast and chaotic mm-hmm. at times and very rhythmic and grounded at others. And you do the best that you can with the wisdom that you have, you grow, you do better, you make mistakes that's just reality and it's not all bad and it doesn't have to have meaning about ourselves as people. That's just shame ridden. Um, I think that's, that's the goodness of the metaphor is one helps us to make decisions and think through things and feel grounded in chaos and find order and disorder. Um, but I also think it helps us, with ourselves in our shame narrative. I think it helps us in relationships and context. Um, if we lean in, you know, I think if we lean in, it can really be a, a metaphor for growth with that, which I think you and I both can describe, um, in the context that we've been in as of late. Yep. So what, what's your takeaway from our little dialogue today? What are you noticing? I think it's nice to reflect on a metaphor that we use a lot in day-to-day life. Like you and I, we, it's become a part of our conversation. Um, to reflect on the strength and helpfulness of the metaphor as I think about different situations, not just over the last year, but as of like super recent, it's like, oh, it really Mm -hmm. is helpful and it really is validating. And it does bring a sense of order and calm in a season where it's hard to make decisions or it's hard to sort through. I can, I can figure out where things are and if they're moving around the ground or if they've bounced or what I'm feeling or what I need to explore with another human being. I'm just like, oh, wow, this really is very, very helpful. We are using it. It's not just a kitschy little like mantra or something. It's, it really is a, mm-hmm. a helpful metaphor. Um, and to see how it's allowed myself and even you and I to grow. Um, I'm just becoming very aware of it. Cause I don't think I've spent time reflecting on it. I've just kind of used it. You and I've just used it as a great way to have words mm-hmm. for, for, conversations I'm thinking oh wow this really has become like a paradigm for us (laughs) I'm like oh okay it's Mm -hmm. kind of hitting me in this moment oh yeah so yeah what about you takeaway I think piggybacking a little bit on on what you're describing just in this here and now moment realizing how useful it's been for us I think it's Kurt Thompson who I love and adore who says 
what language does is give puts like what does he say i'm gonna mess this up he puts hooks on the left side of the brain for the right brain experiences to grab onto Mm. um, to help us kind of move through things and i i think this metaphor has done that for us language is powerful not because in and of itself it, it is healing it's it's one component but it it helped language that accurately represents what we're going for invites our left brain into our right brain experience, I think. Yeah. And, and vice versa. So I just think that I've always been a big fan of metaphors. This one's just been really powerful in this season and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, me too. Thank you for joining us. Arable podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo and edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcasts on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at the Kimberly Galindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at the Jenna Mountain. 